0: Check one, check two, check, check, wait,
1: what, we're live? We're, the mic is hot? For crying out loud, Mr. Onlet, you have to tell me when the microphone is on. Oh, we're, oh, we're, we're, we're we're on now. Okay. Welcome to America's Pal. I am your host, Darren White. This is the number one rated podcast being recorded in my man cave. You can find us everywhere podcasts like to hang out. Check out the website, americaspal.com. You can send all of your complaints directly to darren at americaspal.com. That is D-A-R-E-N at americaspal.com. You can find us on YouTube. Just search America's Pal on YouTube. You'll find me there. Um, we attempted over the past few weeks A few different ideas to get the message out. We tried carrier pigeons. Didn't work. The bird flu put a stop to things. The masks on the birds, it didn't work. Then we tried rats, like carrier rats. That didn't work because, as it turns out, all of the rats just go straight to D.C. Then we tried carrier monkeys because, well, who doesn't like a monkey? And now they all have a virus, and that didn't work out. So last week my producer Mr. Allnut suggested we try smoke signals and that led to third degree burns and I'll explain that later. Anyhow if you follow any of the podcasts on all of uh, all of the podcasting that's iHeartRadio you can go to Spotify all that be sure to subscribe give us a five-star review if you like it if you don't lie go ahead and give it a five-star review anyway uh today we're going to talk about third degree burns and joy cometh in the morning but before we get into all of that due to the third degree burn issue um our floor demand sponsor decided that they would do this one for free which of course our deadbeat sponsors do everything for free because i make them up myself So anyway, before we dig into what happened with third degree burns and some of the things that happened while I was away, uh, stay tuned through the Florida Man break. This portion of the program is brought to you by Florida Man Adventureland. If you're a central Florida native and you're tired of all the theme parks built for the out-of-towners, then Florida Man Adventureland is the place
0: for you. It's a theme park built for the Florida Man by the Florida Man. If you think swimming with the dolphins is for
1: chumps and you can swim with the alligators at the Florida Man Lagoon, fully stocked with gators big enough to take more than a dollar's worth of hamburger off of you. If you're dabbling off-label chemistry, then be sure to experience our immersive Stump the Dentist experiment. If firearms suit your fancy, then check out the Florida Man Shooting Emporium. You can take a shot at a wild pig or of a rival gang from our authentic 1996 Chevrolet Impala. Forget all those butterfly encounters. We got a mosquito encounter that will knock your socks off. When you get a path of thirst and a path of hunger, then don't miss out on our bathsaw buffet. It will expand your mind. The mouse might have a Chewbacca, but we got our very own skunk ape experience. Try to find him just after our lunch at the bathsal buffet. Don't waste time with a
0: mouse, the whale, or a hulk. Jumpstart your pickup and get down with us at the Florida Man Adventureland, located just east of East Orlando.
1: And welcome back to America's Pal Podcast. Let's dig right into our weekly news outbreak. It's, uh, it's going to be about two weeks of compiled information, so here we go. From the Daddy Warbucks desk, President Biden sent himself, correction, Zelensky, an additional $400 million in financial aid to Ukraine, which is less than half of what he sent himself in the previous week. Former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe was assassinated at a campaign stop in Japan last week. When asked, recently released attempted Reagan assassin John Hinckley said he looks forward to recording an album with an actual accomplished assassin. No word yet on their upcoming tour dates yet. The Georgia Guidestones had to be torn down last week due to a mysterious explosion damaging part of the solid granite monument. When asked, Black Lives Matter CEO Patrice Kohlers responded by saying, What? Is tearing down monuments not a thing anymore? UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson resigned recently. His resignation speech included many things in flowery words confirming that the theory that it doesn't matter what you say as long as you say it in a British accent. From the sports desk, Novak Novak Djokovic won the men's finals at Wimbledon. When asked about the win, President Biden said, Come on, Jack. Wimbledon? Is that the tennis or the golf one? From the economic desk, last week's robust jobs report indicates the U.S. economy is worse than expected. Fed Chair Jerome Powell said that this administration is dedicated to reigniting the Jimmy Carter malaise destroyed by the Reagan administration. Joe Biden, while making a speech on abortion rights, read the teleprompter word for word, including the instructions from his exhausted handlers telling him to, repeat the line when asked his son hunter said repeat the line you got it pops remember that russian chick that would let me do lines off of her wait what's that stop talking whatever you say pops by the way thanks for picking up the tab on those russian chicks that 50 grand really got me out of a jam wnba star Brittany griner who infamously said that the national anthem has no place in sports has been in a Russian jail since February for bringing hashish oil into Russia and pled guilty to her crime against Mother Russia. She faces 10 years in a Russian prison. When asked, our national anthem said, poetic justice is almost as poetic as the land of the free and the home of the brave. Bill Clinton is reported to be advising former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo on his return to politics after multiple sex scandals forced him to resign. When asked, President Clinton said, This is the perfect opportunity to launch my new product, Slick Willie Stain Be Gone. Purchase it now or you're going to be sorry. New York City releases nuclear attack safety video. The instructions are as follows Stay home, don't drive, and watch the news for further instructions. When asked, Dr. St. Fauci said, Two weeks to flatten the
0: cave worked so well, we figured we can we could convince the public to do anything we tell them to do. After all, I am science.
1: Iran claims to now have the ability to develop a nuclear bomb. When asked, former President Obama said, "What took you so long? Looks like all that cash we left to you at the airport's finally paying off. Now those damn dirty chew." Now the peace-loving, non-terrorist, and completely non-racist government of Iran can share their message of peace globally. First Lady Dr. Jill Biden compared Hispanics to breakfast tacos and badogadas in a shameless pandering event. Her press secretary apologized for the for the gaffe, explaining that that particular script was meant for the president and stated that the First Lady has scheduled a taco summit for the next Cinco de mayonnaise President Biden traveled to Saudi Arabia to beg the crown prince for their dirty oil and confront him on the death and dismemberment of journalist Jamal Khashoggi. When asked about said confrontation, the crown prince said, of course we talked about the death of the journalist. Your president said that he was impressed with our tactics and wished that he could have deployed them before news of Hunter's laptop came out. And that sums up this week's news outbreak. And now for another Deadbeat sponsor break, we're going to go to Slick Willie's brand new product that he's been pushing here on our program.
0: This portion
1: of the program is being brought to you by Slick Willie's Stain Be Gone. Hello again, friends. It's your old pal from Arkansas, and I'm here to share a brand new product that just could save your career. That's right, slick Will of stain be gone is just the thing for you to keep your garments looking their best when you're on the go. If you're working late and you get a spot on your tie or some sauce on your fly, if you're under some stress and make a mess of a dress, if you're working hard for that dollar and get a smudge on your collar, if you notice a stain as your career circles the drain, then there's not a moment to waste. Order your very own Slick this Stain Be Gone. It's guaranteed to remove all traces of everything from marinara sauce to DNA. It's compact size means that it will fit nicely into the cigar box in your desk drawer. It's guaranteed to work on the most delicate materials including private jet upholstery, a famous rug in your office that's shaped like an oval, rich corinthian leather and all designer clothing every slick wheel stain begone comes with a legally binding non-disclosure agreement for you to use at your discretion free of charge order your slick wheel stain begone today it just may save your career and a bundle in legal fees Welcome back to America's Pal. I'd like to apologize for missing last week. I was really hoping to do a 4th of July episode this year, and um, the smoke signal part of our campaign went a little sideways, but I'll explain in uh, Florida man fashion. Let's just put it this way. I'm born and raised here in Orlando, Florida, and apparently... I am not immune from the Florida man syndrome, which happens. Now, here in Florida, Florida Florida man has two really big seasons. The first season is hurricane season. That's where you're going to find Florida man standing out in the middle of the hurricane, limbs falling, the wind blowing sideways, and all that. You'll find us out there throwing hurricane parties and doing all kinds of craziness. Um, the other big big feature of the Florida man is the Fourth of July. That in typically involves a lot of barbecue incidents. It involves um, it involves fireworks and bar- bad barbecue situations and some perhaps alcohol related incidents. So in other words, apparently being a Florida native, Florida man, gonna Florida man, whether Florida man wants to Florida man or not. So the the long and short of why I missed last week was we had a fifty foot oak tree in our front yard that was near ready to come down. It had to. We we ended up having to take it down. And then recently, I don't know if a fungus got in it or whatever, but I looked up one day couple of months back it was like yep you're completely dead there's not a green leaf on you so i made some phone calls and the best price to have somebody come out professionally take the tree down um was a little bit more outside of our budget so i did a, made a few phone calls figured well heck i'm florida man i can do this myself so Got some pricing on a boom lift, and the 4th of July weekend, we rented a boom lift and a chainsaw and went to work on the tree. Now, granted, the tree was 50 feet tall. I've been in construction all of my life. I did lots and lots of tree work growing up, and of course, I was much younger then, and I bounced a little bit better, and... I realized when we were taking down this tree I don't quite have the nerve when it comes to boom lifts that I had back in the day. Maybe I've been out of the dirt a little too long. Maybe I've had a few too many injuries. Whatever the case may be, I got to a point where when when you're reaching the the last of the scary branches or 50 feet up and the boom lift goes to 56 feet. And I realized that my altitude limit was about 30. So Sunday evening, when I was trying to take down the last of the last of the tree, I got up, I was like, we're going to do this. Your legs are shaking. Your knees are knocking. You're just going to get up there, muscle through it. It's going to take about 45 minutes and you're going to get those branches down And I got up about 35 feet, looked up to where I needed to be. I felt that boom bounce a little bit when I moved around. Looked back up at the tree and could not physically make myself push those buttons to get the boom up. The additional 15 feet that I needed to start trimming down the last of that tree. So discretion being the better part of valor told my wife, I said, babe, this ain't happening. There's just no way I can get up any higher. I'm looking at this thing, and all I can think about is gravity. I can't think about how to cut that branch. I can't think about how to get it down safely. So I put the boom lift down in uh, Florida Man's Shame and then called my little brother who still has some nerve. I said, hey, hey Dallas, how is your nerve these days? He says, pretty good. I was like, well, here's what I got. It's going to take you about an hour. So he volunteered, and he said he'd come by uh, Monday morning. That's the 4th of July, helped me take down the last of the branches. But he had a lot to do that day, so he helped me take it down, get the, get the tree safe. And then we started on cleanup after he left. So we have a large backyard, and being that all the branches are completely dead, my thinking was, why don't we just go ahead and take the branches towards the backyard Start with the small bonfire, and then as we're carrying things back, we can just throw them on, and they'll burn down quickly because most of the limbs that came off of the tree were were smaller. So we got a pile about eight feet, about eight feet in diameter, about three feet, four feet tall, and just like I have hundreds of times before, put a little gasoline on the fire. Now that should have been on the fourth of July in the middle of hurricane season. A big red warning sign for this Florida man it wasn't so I put just a pint or so of, of gasoline on the fire took the gas can everything away completely away from anywhere close to any kind of a burn radius took a three or four foot long stick put a little gasoline on the end of that And my wife was looking at me, and she felt like she needed to say something, but was like, no, he's done this before. He should be fine. And uh, in literature, they call that foreshadowing because I forgot a step. I was in a hurry. I was overheated. I had been on an adrenaline high for three days being up in that boom lift. My brain wasn't functioning exactly right, and I should have let all those fumes and vapors evacuate. Give it, give it 10 minutes or so. Let everything evacuate, clear out, and all that. Because I have seen what happens when you just douse a, a brush pile with gasoline and light it immediately. Somehow I forgot that step. And luckily I was wearing short pants, but I did have sneakers on. So I leaned into the fire, reached in with the stick, and then next thing you know, I am consumed in a fireball. Uh, hotter than the surface of a thousand burning suns. My right shin and the side of my right leg took the, the brunt of that, melted my shoelaces, and instantly I knew Florida man had struck. I was now the flawed man. So we had already had the the garden hose running and all of that. So I'm running up towards where the garden hose is. My wife has got the garden hose, putting out the part of the lawn that I lit on fire that wasn't contained inside that fire, uh, the brush pile. So I'm standing there dancing around on one leg going hot, 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 burn hot. And she's like, I'll I'll be right there. We got to put these flames out. So, She's putting out the periphery fire that's around the burn pile. And then we start running cool water over my leg. I hobble back to the front porch, sit down, and we start putting cold water on it. And I can immediately see, you done messed up. Like the levels of skin and melty melt skin on my shin especially... And the, the, the total surface area of what my leg now looked like that was used to be hairy. And i tell you the, the hairy leg thing where, uh, it looked, it, it looked like there was a ton of debris that had somehow gotten blast in there. No, just, just burnt leg hair. And at the volume of leg hair that was consumed in the fire, that level of stench is not something I want to experience ever again. It wasn't a a minor thing. It was, um, it it was let's say off putting at best. So anyway, and I'm sitting there looking at my leg. My wife saying, "Should you go in? Do we go in? Do we need to take you in?" And here I am sitting on the front porch in short pants. With a completely roasted right leg, and it's ten thirty eleven o'clock on the morning of the fourth of July. I'm like, there's been no alcohol involved in any of this. there's no barbecue, no fireworks, and only thing going through my mind is. There's absolutely no way I'm going to the emergency room and being that guy where you end up on the news on the 4th of July and then they do their PSA explaining this is why you never light a brush pile with gasoline. Even though I knew exactly what I was doing except for that one brief moment in my, my timeline there. So the pain was, let's say, suboptimal at best just intense non-stop so i'm sitting there going uh we should go in then my wife was like do you want to ask our neighbor he's a former highway patrolman and so she calls calls our neighbor across the street he comes over takes a look at it and says keep running cold water on it um we my wife has a, a thousand aloe plants growing and so she once it was cleaned enough, she started putting aloe on it, and that kind of cooled things down. And then the next day or so, it got ugly, like really ugly, where the damage could really... You could really see how bad that had gotten, and just just lit up. I mean, the, basically, uh, the size of about a dollar bill or two on my shin was completely cooked as uh, cooked can get and then the whole right side not quite as bad but what was really cool in my opinion was is that on the right side of my lane, leg the the flames had licked up my leg so it looked like I've got this hot rod paint scheme done on the right side of my leg so waited a week went to my primary care doctor and he's a no sense kind of a guy And he gives me a hard time anytime my labs come back wrong or, you know, or come back, you know, not to his liking or whatever. So went and saw him a week later and he walks in, takes one look at my leg and says, and I quote, what the effing F did you just do to your leg, dude? So I described it. He laughed a bit, gave me the dirty look and then said, Here's what you have. You've got a third-degree burn on on this part of your leg, second-degree towards on the right side, um, and here's what you can expect. I know because here's what a third-degree burn looks like, and then he pulls down the collar of his shirt, and he's showing me his shoulder that's all scarred up and all that. He goes, you're going to have one hell of a scar. Well, then we do the whole Lethal Weapon 3 talking about scars, comparing scars and all of that, and he's looking at my leg. He's like, yeah, that's going to scar up really good. And then I rolled it around and showed him the flame job that I had done. And I'm like, hey, if this thing doesn't scar, I'm going to have it tattooed. And so he uh, he's he's laughing. He's looking at it. And he's talking about how cool it is. And then finally the nurse is like, what the hell is wrong with you two? So then he finally gets into, okay, let's take a look at it and and go through all that and give me the treatment I need. So we're healing nicely. It's just been a rough couple of weeks. So that that explains why I was a bit out of sorts and the level of pain for the first 10 days was the majority of that was more of the inflammation in the surrounding area and the swelling that that comes and goes and all that stuff so it was it was almost impossible to try and think of anything funny to try and prepare for this this program or come up with a joke when it comes to the news, or even come up with something that resembled insightful. So Florida man struck, knocked me down in my prime on the 4th of July, but I'm here, I'm healing, and we're going to look forward to maybe next 4th of July, perhaps not cutting down any trees and not doing anything that might involve another stereotypical Florida man story. But you know that that wasn't even the the only thing that we missed. There was a couple of really strange experiences that that have happened over over the past week. Um, last week, I'm at, I'm at work or whatever. I went over and looked at a job site, and on my way back, I'm sitting at this really busy intersection, and the that light typically at that time of day. Cycles three or four times for everybody gets through it. So it's like you roll up to the light. You know you're going to sit for a while. And as I'm sitting at the light, I see these uh, these two kids come over. On one's on a, a little bicycle. He's probably seven or eight years old. And then the older brother is probably around twelve, and he's on one of those electric scooters. And they roll past me, and then. The sidewalk was closed right in front of where my truck was sitting at the light. And so they rolled down into the end the street. And when the older brother on the scooter tried to roll back up onto the sidewalk, he just completely wipes out. He's about four car, car lengths in front of me. I see this kid wipe out hard. So I'm sitting there looking, is he going to pop up? Is he going to jump up, dust himself off, grab a scooter and get on his way? And I don't see anybody else doing anything. Like I'm giving him a few seconds. I'm not just going to jump out of the truck right away make sure, you know, you know, he's got a couple seconds to save some, some dignity or whatever. But the car he fell down right in front of didn't move like the, nobody got out of that car. And then he didn't really pop up real quick. I could see him struggling to get, I could see his feet in front of the car. And so I was like, okay, nobody's going to get out. Okay, here we go. So I, Cut the wheel, hop the truck up on the on the sidewalk and started walking up to him and then the person that uh, he fell down in front of, she decides to get out of her VW beetle and rush over and start acting concerned. She gets to him right before right before I do, and he's standing there is his elbows skinned up pretty good, his knees scraped up a little bit. And he's kind of dazed and he's shaking, trying to shake it loose and he's embarrassed or whatever. And the, the, the girl that got out of the Beatles, probably college age and obviously had no idea how to do with anything with the situation. So she's, she's run up there and she's going, do you need to go to the walk in clinic? and i'm looking at her the kid's not from another planet and i'm like why is she talking like this and then i'm like is it is it because they they look hispanic is it is it what why, why is she talking this way and then i would say something hey buddy you need to sit down you know you know let let's dust it off are you okay how's your head things like that and then she would just start over talking and over talking never once during this entire encounter does she look at me acknowledge i'm standing there would just start talking over and i'm like hey if you want to take control of this scene sweetheart go right ahead it's okay so i'm sitting there and we're i'm and i'm trying to check on the kid and and she's talking she's like are you thirsty would you like a soda i'm like okay well that's not a bad idea i might be thirsty he says yes he'd like one so she goes back to her car, comes back with this half drunk, half drunken uh, fountain soda from a nearby restaurant. She pops the lid off of it, and this is where things get really, really weird for me. She pops the lid off of it, off of this half half drunk f- soda fountain, hands it, to, starts handing it to him, and she goes, "This is Doctor Pepper. It's very controversial." And that's pretty much where the lights went out for me. I have uh, absolutely no idea how to process whatever that meant. I'm a huge fan of Dr. Pepper. I like it. I drink it a lot. I think the commercials are funny, but I'm for the life of me. I'm sitting there going, why would you say that to a kid that just fell off a scooter? And then why would you sound it out so clearly? It's controversial. And I'm just sitting there looking at this young college age chick going, um, are, you, are you trying to pick a fight with the kid or me? Or what's controversial about Dr. Pepper? And the kid goes, I'm, I'm, I'm good, I'm good. He takes a couple of sips. He tries to hand it back. Now she won't take the cup back, which I thought was even more strange. You know, he's saying he's saying thank you and says he wants to go home and just, you know, sit down and cool off. And so she doesn't look at me and says goodbye to him and doesn't look at me at all say thanks for stopping anything like that normally when good samaritans pull over on the side of the road there's a little bit of conversation boy i saw him wipe out this that blah 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 nothing just got into her vw beetle and then when the light turned green she took off i got back into my truck and once you know once i saw him riding his scooter and going back to his apartment i was like okay he's all good his little brother's all good and then went nose back into traffic and then went to drive back to the office. And I'm sitting there thinking all the way back to the office. Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepper. Now I'm a bit of a politophile. I'm a news junkie. I, I, I follow pretty much everything. If there's something I'm supposed to be boycotting, I already know about it. You know, I, I've I've heard everything I'm supposed to be angry about, and every product that out there that's got this going against it or this going for it, what they support, I I know all of these things, and I'm sitting there racking my brain, going, Dr Pepper. I mean, I know Coke did their weird thing with the woke agenda and and all of that. That's that's fine, and then they took it a step further with their ESG thing and starting in Europe with all of that. And I I can tell you a lot about that, but Dr. Pepper being controversial. I I don't know. And I'm like, did you mishear her? And then I got to think about it. I was like, no, she sounded it out. Every syllable controversial. And then I'm like, well, you talk to the kid like he's an idiot, like he doesn't understand a word you're saying. He already had said in English, perfect English, like any little kid that, you know, you know, went to school. I'm I'm, I'm fine. I just, I'm, ouch, I'm, it hurts. I, I don't know what happened, blah, blah, blah. So he's, he's talking in fluent English. There's no language thing. So I'm wondering if she was trying to appropriate his culture. I don't know. But the Dr. Pepper thing, and it stuck with me all week. I've spent, I couldn't tell you, probably a half hour to an hour just Googling Dr. Pepper Controversy. I can find a couple of things from like 2013 that might have been what you might call controversial, but why would you announce it to a 13-year-old kid or 12-year-old kid, however old he was? And why would you let him know that he was about to drink a controversial beverage after he had just fallen off of his scooter? And got to the office. I asked everybody at the office and some of the younger kids at the office. I'm like, you guys got to tell me what's controversial about Dr. Pepper. Uh, I'm not that old, uh, you know, but if there's something controversial, what is it? Everybody's like, I I don't know. I like Dr. Pepper or I like this new Dr. Pepper or whatever. So complete loss on that. And I'm still trying to figure out what. What in the world she was trying to relay to this kid who just fell off of his scooter, but at the same time it kind of hit me it was like she's messaging I don't know what the message is, but she's she's messaging her point of view, her belief system on this little kid, or perhaps it was directed towards me i I don't know, but this is the college age mentality is that every everything in life needs your message your your agenda and if you're not on board with mine then then you're you're beyond redemption and I was wondering if perhaps that's where she was coming from I have absolutely no idea and I didn't take offense to the Dr. Pepper in fact that next day I went and bought another thing of Dr. Pepper's for my office but Regardless, just completely baffling. And then, on more of a serious note, recently I I got a a bid invite for a project, and the name of the customer is Veritas. So it was the build out for Veritas. And then the invite further red to say that this this customer is requiring that everyone that works on the project be vaccinated for the covid19 and if not has to weekly produce a negative test now <clears throat> before our company changed hands I'd already been down this road that was a year ago back when people thought that this quote-unquote, vaccine actually did something. Um, a year ago, a contractor wanted us to do the same thing for their customer, and they wouldn't allow anybody that wasn't vaccinated, and there was no there, there was no out. It was only the vaccinated, and I still say that in quotations, uh, would be able to work on their project. And I was like, all right, this customer's going down that road. I'm not participating. And at the time, a year ago, it was a few months after the quote-unquote vaccine had come out. I was like, that's great. Y'all came out with this technology. Well, uh, at the time, I'm 43 and reasonably good health. I had already had the worst flu I've ever had back at the beginning of COVID, and I never get the flu. And I figured... My antibodies have probably already kicked in. I've probably already fought this thing, beat it, and I'm good. So, good for everybody that wants to take it. And I left it at that. And that, when that year ago, that particular contractor wanted us to all participate, I was like, all right, well, fine. I'll, I'll hand this off to somebody else in the office and I won't, I won't, uh, I won't be able to be involved in the project if that's the way they want to go. But then I read further into the email and he said attached also is a blank template of a form that we ask. And now he's asking on behalf of his company, not the customer, that we are asking all of our subcontractors to put their letterhead on and distribute it to all of their employees attesting that they will get the quote-unquote vaccine and they need to put their signature on it. And then that's, that, that's really kind of what pissed me off because then it was, now you're wanting me to put on our letterhead a form that the federal government says you can't force anybody to take. The Supreme Court had already said you can't force anybody to take this jab, but you now want me to put on our letterhead or form and distribute it to our employees. Some of these guys are fresh out of high school um, and have never worked in construction before. They don't know if they're going to make it or not in our trade. And now here they go. Somebody from the office is going to hand them a form and say, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, sign this. You may or may not get fired over it, but you're really not, wink, wink, but you could. And when I saw that, it reminded me of what uh, the press secretary, Jen Psaki, had said, no apologies for mispronouncing her name, had said before when the Supreme Court had said that the federal government, the president, couldn't just force people to get the vaccine. She said that they were going to lean on their corporate partners to enforce the policy, enforce the mandates. And the way they could legally do that was anybody that holds a government contract would have to do the same thing, would have to force this vaccine. So anybody that treats Medicaid patients, anybody that builds missiles, anybody that builds lasers, uh, anybody that builds... Anything that could be involved, tanks and armaments or small engines or anything, if you get a dollar from the federal government, then you have to enforce and the federal government will cut your funding if you don't. And that in itself, on principle, is fascism. That is the corporate fascism that the left has always been bemoaning, that the Republicans are the corporatists and blah, 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 blah. It's the, the corrupted free market. No, no, no. That is the fascism that conservatives have been warning about for, uh, against the Republicans, the Democrats, all of them. These lobbyist deals, all of it. When you can't get something done through the U.S. Constitution and you have the power to lean on your public partners, your public-private partners, then you are engaging in fascism. So a year year or so ago, when I got that email, I just replied back. I said, hey, I'm sorry. I can't participate in this as I'm not a doctor. I'm not vaccinated, nor am I a doctor and cannot recommend this to anybody else. And that kind of set a fire. I probably should have run it by the boss first. We ended up having a long conversation that ended up positive. But I'd already been down that road. So... I think it was Thursday or, or Wednesday or Thursday, I got another email. I mean, since since the efficacy of this, this shot has gone in the toilet, and since more and more people are realizing that that shot was based on a, spro- a spike protein, of a synthetic protein that was injected into the virus to make it transmissible to human beings, and that the virus itself or that the vaccine itself was dete- de- was designed to target just that protein well that that protein after the alpha variant the first round of covid became a copy of a copy of a copy over each mutation so by the time we got to delta that spike protein was all but gone completely so the so now you have this synthetically designed Uh, vaccine that is trying to attack a protein it's told is there and it's not so we don't even know the long-term ramifications of putting a synthetic vaccine if you want to call it that i mean you have to redetermine or redefine what a vaccine actually is but if you even want to call it that you now have this thing that doesn't know what it's hunting. It, all it knows is that it can trigger your immune system. It can force your body to do things that uh, maybe it would ordinarily do if there was a, a threat inside of it. But if it's not, we don't have any long-term studies on this. We're still operating under emer- emergency authorizations. So here we are over a year later and the efficacy rate has dropped to the point where in some cases it's it's become a negative efficacy rate that means that not only does it not work it's going to make you more susceptible to getting it and here we are with a company named veritas which is latin for the which is the latin word for truth a company named veritas just last week, is sending an email saying, "By the way, we have this project. Love to have you work on it." Everybody's got to get vaccinated. I'm like, "Well, I guarantee you I'm not going to get rabies, but uh, you know, I'm not going to get polio. I'm fine." That's that. That was the original definition of a vaccine was was the polio vaccines and the the smallpox and all of that. But now we're going into a flu shot, which isn't a vaccine in any way. But they're still trying to force this through using the government's public-private partnership. I'm like, a company named Truth has now become a fascist company. Inflicting the will of the federal government on the innocent public without legislation. Nobody voted for Veritas. Veritas doesn't draft, well, that's a bit naive. Yes, companies like Veritas... And companies like Lockheed Martin and Lido's and the Behavioral Health Institutes here in Orlando, yes, they do draft in um, they do draft legislation through through lobbyists and their corporate interests in our politicians, and our politicians are well paid for it. So I am reading this email, and I take a second to myself, and I think, how do you? reconcile this one didn't think it was going to come back up because well nobody's really pushing these mandated shots anymore so since since the last incident over a year ago our our, the original boss is retired have a new boss he and i we don't see eye to eye on our ideals but we're both rational men and we've had many many conversations Uh, about different topics and we 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 tend to find common ground which i think is something that needs to happen where take the hyperbole out of things and if you have someone that's got their different point of view be willing to listen to it be willing to stand firm on your point of view but be willing to have a conversation and the difference is is that in the past my point of view was simply was was simply dismissed as a uh, conspiracy theory and it's I know who you listen to and blah blah blah. And basically my point of view was dismissed because it's it, because only an idiot would believe the opposite of what I believe. And that's the way I had been approached for several years. So I forwarded the email to the new boss and I I said, boss, I can't do this. I can't play in the charade. Even the the irony of this is that this company's name is Truth and they're pushing something that couldn't be farther from the truth. Let me know how to proceed. Uh, How do do I handle this? Because I can't. I simply cannot participate in this in any capacity. I can't bid the job. I can't manage a project. I just, I'm done. I'm out of this charade and this is one of those hills that i will uh, i'm willing to die on so it took him a day or so we had a conversation and i tell you when you have a conversation with somebody that has the opposite point of view that you do but they're rational and logical this is where you find common ground and it was it was an amazing conversation and I told him, like, look, I, I don't want to be a conflict. This is your business. It's not mine. I'm happy to be here in, in my capacity, but this is not a political thing. It's a moral thing. It's a principle thing. And there's a huge difference when it comes to being a man or just being anybody. It's what are your principles versus what is your hyperbole? What, is your, what are your ideals? Idealistically, I'd want it all banished and gone. And on principle, though, this is a charade. I know enough about this that it it everything that I know has been a lie. It's been shrouded in secrecy from from day one, and I'm not going to line up and be cannon fodder for the for the pharmaceutical industry i I, I can't, in good conscience, be any part of that. We had a good conversation and he says and, and he said well this company is never going to force anybody to do anything like that this we are not going to force people and so we we started finding co- more and more common ground and he said to, to tell that contractor that he would handle that project moving forward and that's what we did but we had a good hour long conversation about things and I, and I was explaining to him I was like there's there aren't too many lines that I'm, I don't I draw on the sand when it comes to my profession. I said, the only thing I can compare this to, I said, and, and, and again, this is not political. But I told him, like, if you, if you want me to sign up and bid on a, a Planned Parenthood clinic, an abortion clinic, I said, there's no way in, in good conscience that I can do any of that. And he understood because it's not a political thing, it's a moral thing. And and we come from opposite sides of the aisle. So three really interesting situations. My Florida man incident, the controversial Dr. Pepper incident, and this COVID jab situation that could have been a job killer for me and turned out to be a, a, a really big positive. So... It opens the door for conversations like that, thoughtful conversations between thoughtful people. And after that conversation, I was like, man, more and more people need to be willing to have that thoughtful conversation without just shutting down, without appreciating where that person might be coming from. And that's part of what was going that's going on in our society today, the the divisiveness. But we're going to take a quick deadbeat sponsor break and when we get back I've got some good thoughts. I want to talk about a couple of movies that we, uh, my wife and I got to see recently and some good news. And after this deadbeat sponsor break
0: we'll be right back. This portion of the program is brought to you by Irish Winter Bar Soap. Winter is coming. You're going to need a bear soap strong enough for the winter, not the spring. Irish winter bar soap is strong enough to wash away a thousand years of battle. Lifetime of pestilence and plague will melt away. It will wash away famine brought upon you by a winter's icy grasp. Irish winter bar soap is made in a cauldron hotter than the very surface of a thousand burning suns not seen here in generations. It's made with the lie from the ashes of our ancestors who died in the battles of kings and emperors, and it's blended with the crumbled ruins of our castles from days long ago. Infused with the healing of the red clover, the bluebell, the mirror sweet, And just a dash of the poison of Paul rosemary, Prepare for the winter with Irish winter bar soap. Strong enough to wash away the winter as you pray for springtime.
1: Goodness, that was a bit dark for the direction I was going to wrap things up with. Uh, welcome back to America's Pal. Anyway, I wanted to to share a couple of, couple of movies that we got to see, and I'm a huge movie buff, but uh, uh, actually back in the late 90s, I worked at Blockbuster Video for all those young people out there. That's where you had to go to the store to get a movie, bring it back to the house, and if you didn't rewind it, they would charge you $437. But anyway, we got to see... When it came out in the theater, I have been waiting 30 years, and we we got to see in the theater Top Gun Maverick. I got to I got to tell you that was incredible. It was if you want to just a feel good, no messaging, no no any cultural inference it at all. A good old fashioned uh, American pride style movie with just the exact right of nostalgia and the way they put it together, the way they finally wrote that story. And regardless of what you think of Tom Cruise and his nuttiness, it uh, was remarkable how well this movie was done. And I'm glad that we got to see it. But that is, it is hands down one of the best movies I've seen in a long, long time. But then we also got to see something else that came out of theaters before, but we didn't have time to go see it. And finally got it on uh, DVD. And we watched it because, well, Florida Man Leg had to be elevated for most of the weekend. So um, we decided we would lay down and get and watch uh, Father Stew. And I got to tell you, I was blown away. I, if, if you don't get choked up throughout most of that film, then uh you 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 don't you don't have a soul. There's just there's, there's no 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 soul inside of you. It was it's it's based on a on a Catholic priest, this guy that had got into trouble as a younger man, had dreams of uh being a boxer, fought a bunch of fights, never really got anywhere, got to the age where Things weren't panning out, started getting into some trouble and decides to move to L.A. to be a a movie star. Gets into more trouble in L.A. And ends up through only the way God could put things together. Ends up going to church. And initially it was over a girl. To meet a girl. And he begins to transform. And how God transformed his life gradually. How he reconnected with his father. And his father's played by Mel Gibson, and uh, Mark Wahlberg plays Father Stu. Both of them throughout the entire film. Just remarkable. Just the film was just so well written. It was so well written, in fact, that it was, you you couldn't ignore the theme of that movie was redemption. So I wanted to, before we go, before we close, I I wanted to read what came to mind as as I reflected on that particular movie. Psalm 30, Psalm chapter 30, it says, I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up and has not made my foes to rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. O Lord, thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive, that I should not go down into the pit. Sing unto the Lord, O you saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. Verse 5. For his anger endureth but a moment. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. And in my prosperity, I said, I shall never be moved. Lord, by by thy favor, thou hast made my mountain to stand strong. Thou didst hide thy face, and I was troubled. I cried to thee, O Lord, and unto the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my blood when I go down to the pit? Shall the dust, dust praise thee? Shall it declare thy truth? Hear, O Lord, and have mercy upon me. Lord, be thou my helper. Thou hast turned for me my mourning into dancing. Thou hast put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness. To the end that my glory may sing praise to thee, and be not silent. O oh, Lord my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. And I thought it was so remarkable, that movie Father Stew, and that message of redemption that I tell you, I'm going to blame my allergies, but uh, there were more times throughout that film that I was choking back tears thinking about redemption in, in my life opportunities that were there, that had been there. You see, and at the same time, there's redemption for us as a society. And things seem really, really, really divis- divisive right now. And that pendulum swings. It swings left and right. It swings towards the evil. And then it swings towards righteousness. And I feel like we're on that swing towards Righteousness as a society, of hope, of communication, of redemption. And I can't say how, un, how often enough how important that redemption, that message was, and always should be, is that if, if there is no offer of redemption, if there is no, no joy, then what is the point? So for his anger endureth but a moment, in his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh cometh in the morning. Until next week, remember, float a
0: man gonna float a man, whether you want to float a man or not.